Hi, I'm Laurie, and I'm an addictive eater. Hi, Laurie. Hi. I came into this program probably seven plus years ago. Um, I came in very, very desperate. I was very hopeless. Um, I was at a complete loss of how I could have a life um, where I wasn't a slave to food and completely miserable. I just, I was in complete despair. I, I, at that point, when I came into the program, I knew somewhere deep inside that I was going to either end up bedridden or die, or first one and the other. And um, I knew I was, at that point also, that I was completely um, incapable of um, getting myself out of this condition. And um, this came after about 15 years of hell and what I think is like living in a torture chamber of uh, what I know now is food addiction. Um, I was suffering from obesity and many of the health symptoms that accompany that, and um, not to mention my life was pretty much in shambles. My relationships um, were not good, and um, although what's so fascinating is that by all outer appearances, I appeared like a fully functioning adult um, who just needed to lose some weight. And um, so I suffered in secret, and I put on a good show that everything was fine. Not just fine, fantastic. Hmm. And, um, but in reality, I was filled with shame and despair and self-loathing. So that's, and I came in here, um, I had just, finished my grandchildren's first birthday and I had ended up eating, I would say, over a few days, the majority of their cake and the cupcakes related to that party. And through those days I had hid the food, the cake, in places where people couldn't tell I was the one eating it. Um, and at that point I just knew that I was, something had to change or I was dead. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, from an early age, my story, the beginning anyway, is um, kind of the opposite of Anna's. In my household, food wasn't a focus at all. I had a single mom. We fixed income. Um, food was just never a, a big deal. We didn't have excess of anything. We had normal portions, and we never had any sweets or snacks or anything. Maybe it's sometimes once in a while, but my mom was real uh, nutrition, you know, health food conscious. So I didn't grow up with any of those typical associations. However, I, um, needless to say that I always looked very forward to going to other kids' houses <laughs> to spend the night or to stay over there because I would look at their lunches too as well and see how much better it looked. And when I went to other kids' houses, I just saw how they would freely eat anything they wanted and it was all associated with this big happy family nurturing. and. And so I really looked forward to that. And um, so from a very young age, I, you know, had the focus on food sort of in secret. And um, I remember one time I was at a friend's house. I was about nine years old. And there was no one around for some reason. And uh, the, the mother had put some, uh, a bunch of the meat for the dinner cooling down outside of the oven. And there was no one around. And I thought, I'll just... Oh, it looks good. I'll take a bite. You know, didn't occur to me to ask permission, right? Um, but anyway, so I took a bite, and I remember that I thought, 
oh, one more, you know. And I just ate that, and then I could not stop eating it, and I ate the entire meal. And I was so baffled and mortified that in, about that inability to stop eating that, and I was so embarrassed. So, of course, my solution was to leave, run home before anybody knew or saw. I mean, it didn't even occur to me to fess up or to say anything. Absolutely not. So I just left. And something like that occurred at another time where I just left the house before anybody knew and just left the problem and the wreckage. And so from an early age, I responded differently to food than other people. I just didn't have all the opportunities and the availability, so it was very occasional. I was very skinny, so I never associated food and weight or anything like that. Um, when I was a teenager and I would spend weekends at people's houses, what I would do was um, I'd be very happy to have meals with them, as you do when the family's awake. And then in the middle of the night, what I would do in their house is I would get up in the middle of the night, go to the kitchen, and make full-on meals for myself. And I would put everything on the plate that I could never get at home and I would just eat in excess and finally feel comforted and go back to sleep and not say a word about it the next day. So I was sneaking and I was dishonest, even though it wasn't occurring very often um, from a very young age. So, um, and I didn't until later look at that and say there was a problem, you know. Um, and from my, I had a lot of the symptoms of an addict from a very young age without taking any substances at that point. I was always very anxious. Um, I always felt I was very different than how I saw others. I was often perplexed at how ch other children seemed so at ease, you know, made friends really easily, seemed to be happy in their lives. Um, and I didn't feel anything like that. I was always envious of them. And I was always trying to figure out how to, to make that work for me so I would copy people's uh, behaviors and, and um, mannerisms and I would become this other person. From a very young age, I was a complete chameleon. Um, I just couldn't accept my reality from a very early age at all and I twisted everything. So I spent a lot of time alone. I spent a lot of time fantasizing an ideal world for myself and that just and what that turned into is uh, pretending and lying to people. I just I flat out lied about who I was and how I lived and what my circumstances were, and I was fine to do that. Um, and so I just, it started a long road of pretending for me, you know. Um, I was always uncomfortable. Uh, and as a result, I became very ashamed of my life, and I started searching for all these things that I could find and get to make me feel more comfortable and not so ashamed. That was like a normal motion for me was shame. And trust me, there wasn't anything going on in my life that would create those feelings whatsoever. I wasn't abused. There was nothing. It was fine. It was fine. Um, but that's how I perceived things from about five years old on, you know. So um, as a teenager, the feelings really increased. My discomfort, my anxiety, my feeling out of control, my feeling different. And um, so, you know, not too unusual for a teenager, but the way I was, I completely exaggerated. You know, I had those feelings in Adam, you know, big. So um, fortunately, during that time um, when I was a teenager, there were drugs and alcohol readily available. And um, I immediately 
loved the effect of those things. I could feel, I felt at ease immediately. And I didn't start out small. You know, I started out with the big stuff, and I was a little slip of a thing. So I got, in, I had a very low tolerance, and I was immediately taken to a place where I felt secure, at ease, powerful, in control, uninhibited. I was so good to go, you know. And when that wasn't happening, I was doing what I needed to do, going to school and things like that, but I was a wreck. I was a complete wreck. I was back to the way I was. Um, so those substances were my first uh, addiction. Um, I also uh, started to be able to get my own food because I was older, and um, so I started become obsessed with finding a meal. Um, and so I would look forward every week to finding my favorite meal, and I'd think about that all week, and then I'd go and eat it. And while I'd go out with my friends. I was socially eating at the time. And um, I'd go out with my friends, and I didn't hear a conversation at all going on at that table. I was so engrossed in my food. Um, so it started picking up again the food. Um, but the other substances were quicker, and they lasted longer. So I stick, stuck with those for a while. Um, as an adult, I was felt completely out of control in my life. And, you know, I didn't know how to manage life. I didn't grow up from those childhood fantasies where things are supposed to become more realistic and you're supposed to have a more practical view of life. I just chased that, uh, those childhood fantasies. And I went to find the perfect husband. I was going to become the perfect mother. I had the perfect job where, of course, I was in control and in charge. Everybody would admire me. And so I got married. I stopped these substances, of course. And lo and behold, the reality wasn't that way at all. Um, and I was distraught. I was disillusioned. I tried everything to manipulate that situation. And people, they weren't being how I needed them to be. You weren't living up to my fantasies. And I was a miserable wife. I uh, wasn't a great mother when it came to my personality. My personality started changing. I was controlling. I was micromanaging. I was depend overly dependent. I was dominating. Um, and that marriage, you know, ended. And I just assumed it was because of that, that, and that. And now I have to search again. But, you know, for a while I'll be alone. And my eating started. I started being uh, able to, uh, I lived alone mostly. I had my daughter, but we had shared custody so a lot of times I was alone and I um, it, it was more socially responsible to buy food uh, to ease my discomfort so that's what I did and I started eating on a daily basis but uh, my metabolism was fine wasn't gaining weight still had my job no problem you know what what could be the problem so I did start to get a little lonely so my solution was to get married again right so that's what I did I got married again, and I, by that time, reality was not what it was. It was what I wanted it to be. There were many signs that person wasn't right for me, but I didn't care. This is what I wanted, and um, I got married, and of course, that relationship, you know, started going to hell pretty fast, and my eating really picked up, and now I started looking like an addict. I started hiding. I started... Um, lying about my food. I would, you know, steal food from the refrigerator at work because when I went home, my husband was there. 
Um, I started to uh, eat socially, like on a continuous basis, um, and um, I just, you know, I just kept going. I would uh, wait for everybody to leave. Middle of the night, I would be eating. I was doing all those things. I got very paranoid. He would come out of the bedroom and, you know, get a drink of water in the middle of the night, and I was absolutely sure he was getting up to check on me. I had food stuffed in the couch, you know, I was had the TV on, I wasn't even watching it, but it looked fine, and I shoved food down, and I was so annoyed with him, you know, that he didn't trust me, and I'm, that's why. It was really just to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water, but in my mind, I was far flight from reality at that point. Um, so when that uh, relationship ended and we realized we needed to divorce, my first thought was, well, thank God, now I can eat in peace. That was my first response to getting a divorce. And I remember my parents saying, wow, you look so relieved and at ease to be out of that relationship because I was smiling and I was happy. Now, they didn't understand what the relief was, but it was so now I didn't have to be accountable. I could eat how I wanted, when I wanted. Nobody was going to tell me what to do. Fabulous, you know, gone. Um, and so at that point, once that happened, then um, that's when I started, started my 10-year, 12-year track of um, eating um completely out of control and when I started realizing that and it my, it started catching up physically as well I couldn't have a heavy weight because that's just something that's going to cause me problems I didn't connect having a food addiction to any problems now I'm just too big so now all I have to do is figure out how to lose the weight and then I'm going to be good and I can get everything I want in life so that was my endless that started my endless cycle of trying to control my eating and no longer was I just social eating. I was um, eating in secret now, mostly, and I was on every diet known to man. And in fact, I also went to the point where um, I went to the doctors and sessions to have, I was going to have bariatric surgery because I realized that unless my jaw was shut, you know, or I didn't have a stomach I wasn't going to stop eating so that was my last like attempt you know so I went through the whole process and I was just about at the point where I was going to have the surgery and they had it like a counseling session and they had said oh by the way people who've had this surgery can still have a problem and gain weight they just find ways to eat things um, that don't create like an immediate problem and I just I think it's a grace of God I got this clarity like oh my god that is going to be me I just knew deep down I still didn't really understand what I was and what I had but I just knew forget it I'm not going to have someone in this, um, go in the surgery so um, anyway okay okay um, so that's how um, extreme my trying to control my eating was. Um, my job, I, I lost the supervisory role I had. I wasn't functioning properly. And I'd get up, you know, I'd always say, tomorrow, okay, tomorrow, 
And if I lose this weight and I get down to this weight, then I'll never eat like that again. I just need one more chance, you know. And then I'd get up in the morning, I'd open my eyes and think, oh my God, how am I going to make it through the day? It was just an endless cycle, hamster wheel, every day. And by the breakfast time, I was already, you know, out of control. So um, I was very unhealthy now, and I had all sorts of health problems and things like that. Um, I watched... Um, Um, before I go on to that, uh, one of the things that happened to me was I learned, or I got this idea, another form of clarity that there was nothing I can do to control my eating. I had failed and failed and failed several attempts. So in my mind, don't even try anymore. But then the solution was, as my pride stuck up, <laughs> said, well, fine, you know. You don't have to lose complete control. Just give yourself permission to eat anything anytime. You can't control it anyway, so go for it. So that's what I did. And now I was back in control, right? Because now I'm giving myself permission. So I just ate anything I wanted anytime I wanted, and we were fine. Needless to say, my health problems were getting worse, and it was I was getting more miserable, and my relationships were going downhill. No connection in my mind at all. One day I watched Dr. Phil, and he was filming in this person's house who was chained, for a better word, to the bed because he couldn't get out of it, talking about his life. And I just, you know, said to myself, okay. Where are you going to be in five years? I mean, obviously you've told yourself you can't control this, which you can't, and you've given permission to keep doing this. Obviously the weight thing is not going to reverse. The physical problems aren't going to reverse. I knew that much. Your life is crap. You feel like crap, and you're hardly able to pretend anymore. Where are you going to be? And I thought, I just got this sense of fear, so horrible, this terrifying fear that I'm going to be that person in the bed who cannot get out of it and alone, completely alone. And um, the isolation that I had already had with food, I didn't have, I didn't see friends much. I went to work, came home. My daughter was grown at the time, so I was on my own. I spent days in front of the television on a robe. It was, you know, horrible. So I had that terrifying feeling and again, the grace of God. And I finally, finally surrendered. I finally admitted defeat of some kind. And I thought, God, please help me. This was the first time in 15 years, or my entire life, seriously, that I would ever ask for help. I mean, I would never ask anybody else because no one could see me for who I truly was. And I said, God, please help me. And I, did, I went to bed, and then, I don't know, like, it was a day later or a few weeks later, and it wasn't a few weeks, a few days later, and I just got went online, and I just put it things in like miserable with food, can't stop eating, you know, I didn't know about 12-step programs except for AA. Um, and so then uh, fellowship came up, and it had all those questions, 
uh, that ask you questions about your eating. And they weren't asking questions like, how many calories do you have? Do you eat sugar? Do you eat it, it, it wasn't questions like that. How much do you weigh? It was like, you know, are you obsessed with food? Can you not stop thinking about food? Do you eat even when you don't want to? Ding, ding, ding. You know, do you, you know, um, all that. And I thought, huh, you know, yes, yes, and yes. So I thought, okay, I'm going to give this program a try. Probably won't do a damn bit of good. I'm going to go to this place. I'm going to see a bunch of people talking about how they can't stop eating and their life is miserable. And then I'm going to leave because I don't need any of that. So I bit the bullet and I went to my first meeting and um, it was nothing like that. Nothing like that. I was so amazed that people in there were, uh, besides physically healthy as far as I could see for the most part, um, we were reading out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which I was completely identifying with. People were sharing their stories, and they were people who had just what I had and were doing the things I was doing. And they seemed like they were well, they were happy, they were at ease. And I just thought, oh my God, you know, I, just, I couldn't even believe it. And I was, for, I felt hope. So I took it upon myself to go to meetings and figure out what the deal was here. What is go- I, had, I had no idea I was going to stop eating. That, didn't, that seemed unbelievable to me, but I just wanted what they had. And um, I kept going to this same meeting over and over and over again, and I just heard very, very clear messages. Um, so I saw that there was a way out. I saw there was hope. I learned this was an illness. I wasn't morally inept. I wasn't weak. You know, I had a disease. I was sick. That's what I was. I was sick. And the disease is pro- progresses, and it gets bet- worse, and it's fatal. Um, and that was a very clear message to me. It's a disease of the mind, of the body, of the spirit. You know, and there's a malady here, and it's spiritual. And... I learned about addiction switching from one to the other and I needed to give up all substances. And I know now that when I put down that food and if I would have continued doing, I was on prescription drugs, I was drinking alcohol, I would have been off the rails on those two. So I needed to stop. Um, I needed to surrender my old ideas about food and the way I ate. And I needed to understand this was a disease of self-centeredness and that I was completely powerless over food, but there is a power, it's just not me, um, in which I can become sober and recover, and I can get well, and I just need to do a few simple actions, which I do on a daily basis, probably more so as time goes on, um, which is to seek a sponsor, surrender, be willing to take suggestions, be rigorously honest about myself, my faults, and um, to help others. And so today I'm physically healthy. My, I have that job back, by the way. I just retired, so I don't right now, but I got that job back. Um, my relationships are simpler. They're healthy. Um, I'm on the way to getting well and the ones that were really tangled up from a long time ago. And um, I learned that I cannot take that first bite. I do that and all bets are off. But if I do that and I relate to a higher power, I rely on the will of God, um, 
then I'll stay sober for today. And I don't have any fear that I'll, you know, go back to the hell I was leading. So, anyway, thank you for letting me share. Thank you.